Hey guys, this is Jay Riley D from Invisible As I Am podcast, and it's 11:54 p.m. and I feel miserable. <laughs> I have not recorded anything in weeks, and I haven't desired to or been motivated to. Like, it's not that I don't want to share what I'm feeling. It's just sometimes I can't sit there and like just pour out what I'm feeling because I don't want to talk about it even though talking about it actually helps I'm having a hell of a night very rough night emotionally mentally psychologically I mean it's bad enough you have all the fun things closed down like all you can really do is go grocery shopping or go to the mall and buy clothes and like that's I mean like or you have to go out of state to do anything really productive because in my state everything's still closed down no theaters are open no um I mean the parks are open but everything else is still closed I just happen to be in one of those states where our governor decided to close everything worthwhile and so there's nothing to do but go to the park or stay home or grocery shop and quite frankly I'm over everything right now like I feel like I keep asking God like what is happening to me like I see the world and I see what's happening in the world and I wonder like what the heck is going on in the world like really this is the reality that we live in this is this is how far we've come you know from the garden of eden to 2020 a quarantine um government powers going crazy supreme court rulings that are changing history drastically i mean like this is our reality quite frankly if i was to use profanity I would call it the S word and it sounds childish to say that, but I'm just being real. Um, I'm not going to use like legit profanity, but it's just this whole situation is crap. And then what makes it even harder is not is not that. See, for me, I don't have the type of job that, you know, could get shut down during a quarantine. I have one of those what do they call it, necessary workers or whatever type position. So my job is very flexible. I can work when I want to work and I can stay home when I want to stay home. But the thing is, I'm tired of doing what I do. I drive all day. I'm by myself all day. I come home. And I'm by myself all day. And I'm just like, this is all pointless. I go to work. I pay bills. I come home. And I'm still in this situation where technically me and my husband are supposed to be getting a divorce. But then God is telling me, no, no, you're not supposed to get a divorce. But then I keep looking at the reality of the situation rather than through the eyes of faith. I mean... There's a 20%, there's 20% of the time where I'm looking at my marriage through faith 
And then the rest of the 80%, I'm looking at the reality of it and saying, why on earth would I want to still be married to this man? If he treats me this way, if he can ignore me as if like I didn't say anything to him at all, why would I still want to be married to someone like that? But then that's looking through natural eyes. It's looking through what I can see right now because what he's doing and then making judgments off of what he's doing versus looking through God and saying, God can do all things. God can change him. God can change me. God can redeem our marriage. God can heal our relationship. If God says he's going to do something, then God is going to do it. But I'm by myself all the time. And the, the emotions that come with being alone and not having a family of your own. I don't know if I told you guys this, but I'm 27. I have no kids. My husband had a daughter bef- like long before we got married. Um, she was like one or two when we started dating. So me and her, like we had a very rough meeting, like she really got to know me for the first time last summer and it fell apart like it was the worst time in my life and it just continued to get you know more off track when she went back home after you know we had to send her home early because things were so bad between me and her and it's just like I want my own family you know me and my husband I feel like We've been separated for months now. He moved out in like February 26th. So it's July 18th right now. And he's been gone all that time. But through all that time, we still we still text from time to time. We still see each other, not like every single day or every single week. But we, we've still seen each other and spent some time together. But it's like... The reality is we're still separated. We're still not actually building a relationship together. It's just, it just kind of seems like when he wants to be around me, he's around me. And when I want him to come over, come over. Like, spend some time with me. Because I'm always by myself. And even when we were together, I felt like I was living with a stranger. So it's not like I'm new to this. But at the same time, it's like, I'm over this. And then, like, I'm seeing, like, on social media, which I, like, it's just so bad that you, sometimes I feel like social media is just, like, the worst thing to exist sometimes. Um, But I'm, like, seeing, like, all the new babies being born during the quarantine. And I'm just, like, I want, I keep thinking about how I want to be a mom one day. I want to be a mother and I want a family of my own. I want my family to actually feel like a family. Me and my husband, we don't feel like a family. We've never felt like a family. Um, He never went the extra mile or even, you know, the regular mile to make us feel like we were one, like we were a family. Like, I just feel so divided, and I feel so frustrated and 
angry and sad and bitter and resentful all at the same time and then I sit in my bed or I lay down in my bed and I watch tv and then I and I know on the inside I really don't want to watch any tv all I want to do is sleep it all off because it seems like when I at least get good sleep then I can have some type of peace but lately I've not even really been sleeping like yesterday I slept like four hours but and then the night before I I mean, I'm not really sleeping because um, I started, you know, studying Forex trading this week or, yes, Sunday. And so I'm watching the market while I'm trying to sleep and I'm up early watching the market, trying to learn it and trying to develop this skill in a very short time. And because I don't want to keep driving for work, I want to supplement that income with something better, something that I actually want to do, something I actually enjoy. Um, What I do right now, I DoorDash. And I don't, I'm not feeling it, guys. I'm not feeling it. I'm stressing out about it because I did a delivery to um, this man at a workplace and he reported that he did not receive his order when he clearly did receive his order and so ever since then it kind of made door dashing more stressful for me and um so like I, I had to text more take more pictures of orders and notify the customer extra details just to cover my butt because there are that that small percentage of people who will ruin a good thing doordash was supposed to be simple and easy you know you pick up the food you drive the food off but now it's like i gotta stop take the time out to text the customer um like different policy stuff and let them know that hey i'm gonna be taking pictures for proof of delivery because basically there's some people out there who are shady and you can lose your job through DoorDash. You can become deactivated because someone reported you, you know, that they didn't get their food when they did. And that's a scammer. And it happens so often. And it's like DoorDash has the worst customer service support for uh, their drivers. And so basically if i was to get screwed i would be screwed because doordash doesn't actually support their drivers they just give us all these different platforms and they do nothing with them so many drivers have experienced the same thing and so driving has become frustrating i like to drive safe i like not texting and driving and i find myself spending more time stopping to have to text the customer all these different things or um, sit before I can even pull off and text the customer all these different things before I can even get back on the road. And that's time consuming and it makes you get behind on picking up orders or getting new orders. And it's just the workday becomes long and dragged out and you're not as productive or successful in actually reaching financial goals because you're spending more time taking pictures and texting customers to make sure that customer doesn't scam you and you get deactivated so it's just like and then i i just got a new car 
um, a couple weeks ago or, or so. And I'm trying to adjust to it. It's a 2018. Yeah, it's a 2018 Chevy Cruze. And it drives different from my 2012 Honda Civic. And it's just like trying to readjust from my small car to this bigger car. And the way that it it accelerates is weird. The way that like you have to like try to slowly come off the brake or, or like... In order for the car, because you know the newer cars, if you like press the brake all the way down when you're stopped, it'll shut the engine off. And when you take your foot off the brake, it'll restart it. And I'm not used to that. I did, my car is my old car is a 12. It's a 2012 Honda Civic. I don't ever have to worry about it shutting off on me because they designed it that way. So that's kind of annoying because it's like. I'm all I'm a thinker I overthink a lot of things and I'll be like oh my gosh I don't want to damage the car because I'm taking my foot off um accidentally and it's jerking the car or just like any little thing just because I'm not familiar with this type of car consistently and so I'm stressed about the new car and adjusting to it um and then I really stress out about the way a car accelerates. If it doesn't accelerate properly to me, I start like thinking a lot of different things. Like, why is it accelerating? Excuse me. Why is it accelerating this way? Am I accelerating it this way? Um, what am I doing wrong as a driver? Or is this just how cars are? And because I've only had a couple cars in my life, I can't really can't say what a normal car should the way it should actually accelerate like because it seems like each car i get i'm always fixing it up and trying to make sure it drives right um and so like i don't even really know how a car is supposed to smoothly accelerate and so to me it always seems like a car is malfunctioning because it's just i in my head a car should accelerate like a mustang <laughs> but um, I guess that's not the case. Maybe I'm just being unrealistic or, you know, could just be my lack of experience. But stuff like that mentally stresses me out. And then, like, I also got a new phone, much bigger phone than my old phone. Basically, what I did was I upgraded on everything at, at once. And so all the new adjustments are like overwhelming and I've been I've been trying to adjust to them for the last couple weeks the new phone is it's like it's like two and a half times the size of my last phone is way more high-tech than my last phone like my last phone was just a basic Android because and I was just using it mostly for work and, and like streaming on my phone but this phone um is much bigger it's like it was like that new Samsung A71 or something like that. And I just bought it like when it came out, which was like, I guess a couple of weeks ago, it just came out. So I've never had a phone like this, this big before. Um, I never had a phone like this before and trying to figure out how this phone works. I mean, I, I still don't even know how everything on this phone works. 
and they don't have a proper manual either for it so it's just like it is it's annoying when I don't know what I'm doing on my phone my last phone I could figure it out because it was simple this phone I have no clue half the time what I'm doing and like I'll slide to the left or slide up and try to figure out where my apps are I have no clue where my apps are even when I put them on the home screen I still can't seem to find them so um trying to use my I use my phone for work so I'm in when I'm driving this new car while trying to figure out this new phone while dealing with the fact that I need to spend a lot of time texting customers and taking pictures of their orders as proof that I have their order that I delivered their order that they received their order I mean I'm taking pictures of me handing handing um me handing them their food um, if I have to hand it to them, I'm taking pictures of addresses. So as proof of delivery, I'm taking pictures of what, you know, whatever is going to prove that the order was delivered to them. And so it's just stressful. Like work was simple. When I first started door dashing, you just pick up the food, drop off the food. No problemo. That was it. Um, so on top of all that, I'm still dealing with um, the divorce case. It's, it's on the hold. It's on the hold because of the quarantine. So I guess the courts technically aren't open. They're not technically having case like trials. So our case can't actually move forward. And then like, um, I don't even know. Like I haven't heard from the court. I try to reach out to them through email. And so it's just like on hold. And so uh, it's, just, it's just stressful. And then like, I feel like I just want to move out of my apartment because I just want to leave. I just want to leave. I just want to move somewhere and start fresh. And now like lately, I just... I'm at a place where I just want someone to love me back, right? It's not that my husband doesn't love me. He's just really bad at showing it unless he needs something from me. If he needs something or wants something from me, he'll show it to me. But if he um, is focusing more on work or just putting me on the back burner, he's not going to show it and he's going to ignore me. Um, He's not going to prioritize me. And so it's like that's frustrating because I am a woman and I am a wife and I have you know those normal human needs of companionship and you know I don't have to say too much from that but I have normal needs I want companionship I want conversation I mean I would love to have a deep conversation with my husband about life um about anything we just he just won't make the time. He just won't prioritize me. And, you know, I could say it hurts, but I think I've numbed a lot of the pain, a lot of those like hurtful emotions. I numbed it so much that I won't cry about it. Like, if it was like six, seven months ago, I would have cried about it. I would have cried bad. It would have hurt it. 
but now I'm just like kind of like over it and it's just like part of me like I'll talk to God and say God like I just want to be done and then there's the other part of me that really does not want to be done I find myself going back and forth back and forth and I feel so double-minded because it's like I think about me and my husband and I'm like this would be much more easier if we actually had more things in common and we are so opposite like he comes like he spent like I grew up like in a shelter home not a shelter but like my family they just kept us really sheltered from the street life and like the real reality of the world and so I had a sheltered life I didn't know much about, you know, what really goes on. Only knew what I saw on TV, pretty much. Um, But my husband, he grew up. um, He was in the streets for a little bit, you know, doing stuff he didn't have no business doing. And so he had a worldly experience while I had the sheltered experience. And so we have, like, we're completely polar opposites the way we grew up. I was close to my family. He's not really close to his family. Um, He can go um, days, weeks, months without actually talking to his siblings or his parents. And I can't, my family, we're not like that. I mean, quite frankly, when we were growing up, we talked all the time. And even now, like, I, I don't, I talk to my mom every week, even if it's once where I shoot her a text, she shoots me a text. We don't go weeks. there's no way she would even let me go weeks without talking to her like that's just not that's not how she raised us and it's just that's not how we are like we like to be close and my husband he's just he doesn't prioritize family like I mean I could I'm not gonna go too deep into that because I'll open up a can of worms that I don't have no business opening (sighs) Anyways, I'm frustrated. I find myself really having this internal struggle of like, um, this, if I'm gonna be real with you guys, there's this part of me that's like, I just wish I had a boyfriend. You know, not to like um, do sexual stuff with or anything like that, just like companionship, you know, someone to talk to, laugh with, do things with. Um, and for me to still be married and but separated, going through this divorce process, but God telling me no, um, this is not what I have for you. You know, this divorce process that God's gonna actually do a miracle in my marriage, and me looking at it and saying, okay, but when? <laughs> How is this gonna happen? And like wondering, like. If every time I open my mouth to my husband is condemning him for being a bad husband, how will God actually redeem our marriage? Because it seems like I I feel like my husband makes me the villain in our story when I feel like he's the villain in our story and has always been the villain in our story. And that sounds really bad. But if I were to take you guys to pre-marriage, 
you would wonder why on earth I married him in the first place. But, you know, when you love someone, you do things um, when you're young and dumb and love and thinking and hoping that things are going to work out. And I was very hopeful. And my hopefulness is what kept this marriage alive for four years in prayer, for sure. Um, But I find myself having internal struggles, wrestling with wanting male companionship. I'm a woman. Come on now. But it's not right. But it's, it's my reality right now is really what I'm struggling with. And I find myself really not wanting to go deep and talk to God about it. Like, I talk to God, but I don't really sit there and listen sometimes. I just kind of, like, have moments where I just pour it out and then cry a bit or go to sleep after I talk. Because a lot of times I talk to God and it's super late. So I'm already sleepy, but I'm not staying awake long enough to hear him talk back. And I don't know, I just find myself resisting. Like, people go to counseling, you know, to deal with their problems. They talk to the counselor, the counselor helps them. But God is my counselor, and I'm like running from him. I'm running. I don't want to have these conversations with him because, one, my faith, where my faith is, is like, it's in my feelings. It's in my mentality, in my psychological stress. What I want is a right now miracle, right? Because for the last eight years, this is what I've been dealing with. I, was, I haven't been married for eight years, but we started dating when I was 19, and I'm 27 now, so it's been a long time of pain and suffering, and I'm just, like, over it, and I'm, because I'm still married to him legally and married to him spiritually, I can't just run off and do whatever I want to do. That's the reality of it. I'm bound by law. I'm bound by covenant which is really a broken covenant, but I'm bound by my vows before God and before him, even though my husband may not care. I'm not saying he doesn't care, but I'm just saying even if he doesn't, he has a hard way of showing that he cares. But I can't can't just do what I want to do. I'm not free. I feel very bound. And it's not that I don't love him and care about him. It's just I'm tired of feeling like it's never going to change. And I don't know if you guys, you know, I'm pretty sure you guys feel that way in different situations in your life where you're like, is it ever going to change? Is he, is she, is this job, is my financial situation or my emotions ever gonna change? Am I ever gonna feel better? Am I ever gonna lose this weight? Will it ever change? And if I'm gonna be honest with you, yeah, it can. It can change. Whether that's for better or for worse, 
is there's always the possibility it can change now when you do things with god yeah everything will always be changing the the real question becomes are you willing to stay in it long enough and actually bear all the sacrifices all the heartache all the different shots and blows that have come your way if you stay in it just to see it change are you willing to stay in it long enough you know like farmers they sow their seed into the ground and they know they have to water it they have to fertilize they have to take care of it year round to see their crops produce fruit they know it won't happen in one week or one month they know they have to wait a time frame and be patient they have to stick it out and trust that the land will do what the land is supposed to do when it is given seed and water and fertilizer and sunlight it's the same thing with our lives we have to allow God to do only what God can do and be patient and let him shine his light on the darkness in our lives and let him change it but the hard part is just sitting there long enough to do it just be still who likes being still? I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually do like being still for a time when my mind is not running all over the place. I always feel like there's something to do. And because I always feel that there's something to do, when I'm actually trying to sit and be still, I'm still going. I'm never on pause. I'm never on, you know, truly taking a break. And so that's kind of why like, I'm recording this tonight because it's like I haven't really slept. I've been going and going and going. My life has been changing for the last two or three weeks. I'm still struggling with the separation slash divorce slash waiting for God to change it and at the same time change me. But then I'm having, I'm having my own resistance to even spending time, you know, in my word, reading the word. I haven't been listening to sermons and teachings like I normally do. I haven't been really talking to God like I used to. I haven't really been praying like I used to. And this is just over the last couple of weeks. It's not like I've been doing it for a whole month. And I just find myself kind of like floating. I don't feel grounded. I don't feel rooted. No, I don't. You know, if I had at least one friend, you know, who lived out near me, who I could talk to, you know, excuse me, guys, who I could, like, talk to and just hang with or, you know, be a normal human being with and, you know, have like-minded interests, I think I would be handling this way better, but... The fact that, one, my mom lives 30, 35 minutes away, and she's, like, really one of the only persons I, I talk to, like, about 
life or like lately we she's like the closest thing I have to a best friend lately I guess you would say I actually enjoy talking to my mom a lot more since I've gotten older and like sometimes I talk to my cousin but like we're just kind of on two different spiritual paths right now like she's doing her thing like she's really grown in the lord i'm not saying i have not grown in the lord but like she's like embracing worship more and i just kind of like she she also is embracing prayer more i'm like a student of the word i like teachings i like learning about teachings and stuff the prayer and the worship parts are kind of like they're not as second nature I still pray but I don't I don't spend as much time praying not nearly as much as I should not even close and I definitely have not been worshiping um like I need to like I should because worship is for us like it opens your heart to receive from God and my heart I just keep closing it up because I just get tired of constantly opening it up just to get hurt again or opening it up just to cry like I'm not gonna lie I hate crying and it's like every time I open my heart up I'm crying I just don't like feeling sad I don't like feeling the hurt and like I could be having the wrong perspective about this because obviously like when you open your heart to God, He's not the one who's gonna, who's not He's not gonna hurt you. He's He's not the one hurting us. It's all the people around us, all the the demonic influences around them, and around us. He, God's not the one hurting us, but for some reason, I know I find myself resistant to open my heart up to Him because I don't want to deal with the hurt. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to dig into it just so I can wake up to the reality that is still my failing at the moment marriage. You know, the fact that I don't have a daughter or a son yet, a child of my own, not because I can't have kids, because I can't just have kids without my husband. You know, I want my kids to have a father who wants to be involved in their lives and actually puts them as a priority and and not prioritize their job over their family it's one thing to go to work it's another thing to make work your life and my husband he may work his life instead of making his family his life even um his daughter rarely sees him over the last nine years I mean, like, I I could probably count on my hand how many times he really saw her the last several years. I mean, it's just, I can't just have kids because I just want to have kids. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie. The thought of having a sperm donor, I've thought about that. Because, like, obviously, if, I, if I'm looking into divorce, then, you know, my head... I mean, I think about a lot of stuff. I think about uh, if, if he's not going to be the father, who's going to be the father? Because, obviously, you can't have a child without 
um, sperm. You can't. So I have looked at stuff like that. I've even looked at adoption because that's also in my heart. Like I would love to adopt, you know, a little girl or a teenager. I think about adopting a teenager all the time. Like when I think about adoption, I don't just think about like little, little kids. I think about the kids who are going to age out of the system because those are the ones who need the most love um, because they have, they've gone so long probably without it. I think about being that mom, like I would love to have two kids of my own. I would love and, and then adopt at least one or two kids. Like I would love to be that type of person to provide a roof over their head and um but I also want them to have a father like I just feel like it's not fair to bring a child into the world and not give them their father and for me I want a family I don't want you know some lifestyle where we're sharing the kids and you get them on the weekends or something like that no I don't want that I want a united connected family you know, I want a family of my own so bad, so bad. And so when I when I look at people having their babies, it makes me cry. And when I think about the fact that I can't actually have a kid yet because my marriage is not in order, it makes me sad because how long do I have to wait to have a family of my own? You know, you know, I want I want to have a daughter so bad. It doesn't matter what I have first, like, but I want to I've always wanted to have a daughter um, since like beginning of my like sophomore year in college. Like I really drilled into like wanting to have a daughter. Like I always wanted to have at least two kids, but daughter wise, it became a thing for me when I was a sophomore. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love her so much. And she would love me back so much. And that's the thing. It's like, I want a family of my own. A big reason is because I know that I would love them. And that love would be reciprocated back. Because kids love with their whole hearts. They trust you with everything. And... um, when they're yours versus okay so me and my husband had the issue of his daughter being his daughter and not actually my daughter so we kind of we argued about that a lot because what he kept trying to do was make his daughter my daughter as if I birthed her and I'm like she's not my daughter she's my stepdaughter by marriage and the fact that she had never spent any time with me um, in all the years me and him had been together. And all of a sudden, it was like she was meeting me really for the first time. I mean, she met me one time before at a birthday party. But she doesn't. I was a stranger to her. And all of a sudden, it was like he wanted me to become her mom. Like, she has a mom. But it's like, because we got married and because you brought her here, all of a sudden... You want me to play mother? And it's like, 
I didn't push out a baby and raise her for nine years. She's not my kid. She's my stepdaughter. And I know some of you, if you, you know, you may think differently about that, but the fact that I already didn't feel like family in my marriage, I mean, we don't, we didn't feel like family. And then to bring your daughter into the situation where you never even told her we were married for the last three and a half years. And all of a sudden, boom, she's staying with us for the summer. Boom, she's spending every day with me while I work because my job's flexible. Now we're strangers and you're never around except for like after two, three in the morning when you get off work. After I put in all the hard work to raise your daughter for the summer. Like, I was very frustrated. Very frustrated. So it was like, he wanted me to like just switch over and just think of her as my own. And I couldn't because I was a stranger to her. And you didn't even have the heart to tell her about me being your wife until like she basically gets to us we've been married for almost four years so it's just like stuff like that so frustrating and so when I talk about having a kid of my own it's like no I want a kid that's mine you know so I want to produce a child out of love you know I don't want just someone else's kid to become my kid when there was never a foundation to really be a part of that kid's life. If I were to adopt a kid, it would be solely out of love. I would want that kid, I would I would start the adoption process because I love the idea of being a mother to them and loving them with my whole heart so that they know that they're worthy and valuable. When he brought his daughter to me, it was just spontaneous. And he never talked about her. He never, like, I always had to ask, how's your daughter doing? So it was just like, you're forcing a stranger onto me instead of me being able to love my way into being her her stepmom or whatever. You're forcing me. And I basically don't have a choice. And that was just, it was, it was really bad for our marriage. It really hurt, broke, destroyed even further our marriage. And when they talk about kids can make or break a marriage, that's if you don't have have your marriage grounded in, in truth. You don't have it grounded in values and morals and you know how you want to raise kids and how you want to stand stand as a one unit as a parenting system and all that kids will destroy a marriage and it is the parents fault if uh, they let their child ruin their marriage so no i want my own family so i'm I guess you would call this a rant about 
I'm just I'm just trying to figure out everything inside of me. I'm just being honest. Like I'm not having all the right thoughts. Like there are days where I I'm so up. I'm so good. I have so much faith. I'm trusting God. I'm listening to the word of God. I'm reading my Bible. I'm listening to sermons and teachings and my head is clear and my spirit is right, but I'm resisting because I don't want to go into I don't want to open my heart to cry somewhere. I don't want to open my heart to feel the pain because that's what's that's what's there. When you start breaking that wall down, that pain is what's there. The reality is the last time I really got into inside my heart for real, before he moved out, I broke down so bad. I I used to cry all the time. I was depressed all the time. I was so sad one time. I cried so hard. So hard I gave myself a migraine for three days. I broke down so hard I gave myself a migraine. My body started shutting down on me. And I said I would never do that again. I never want to shed tears over him. Because he sure don't shed tears over me. But every now and then I will cry. But I will never cry the way I did before. I just... It's not worth it to me. But I feel like I need to. I feel like I just need to break down one good time. But I feel like if I'm weak for a moment, I feel like I won't come out of that darkness. So that was a dark place. And I just, I'm terrified to go back into the darkness, to go that deep back into like being sad, angry, frustrated, discouragement. I mean, I went for like a whole year or so struggling with discouragement. I could not work. I barely could get myself to get dressed and actually walk out the door to start work. And I I fell behind on bills because I was struggling with discouragement because I was so sad and depressed and felt pointless. And now life just feels... Sometimes sometimes I think it would be better off if I wasn't here. You know, and I think about moving out of the state, you know, lately a lot more just just to get a fresh start. Maybe my life would be different. But then I think about like, yeah, you can move, but your problems, your emotional problems, they just they move with you. You know, so it's like you really can't run. You can't run from yourself. It's like I can try all day to run from me. But I can't. I just I look at godly marriages on like Instagram and I'm like man I wish I was smart enough to have waited because if I had waited I would not be going through this I would not be in an apartment that I bought with my boyfriend that became my husband when I was 19 I wouldn't be in this apartment by myself I wouldn't have a divorce case on on hold right now I wouldn't be miserable because my husband keeps abandoning me and ignoring me when I text him 
things that really like I'm trying I'm like pouring out my heart and he just says nothing I don't have a resolution all I know is that my soul is not at peace right now and it is the thing that I desperately need I'm just not happy I'm not happy with the way things are and I have not been door dashing consistently so my paycheck has dropped to about half of what it was the last few weeks you know and I'm just like I cannot afford to go backwards financially. I come too far and I have this apartment and I just can't afford, you know, when he moved out, I had to take over the lease. And so it's like, I can, I got two cars now guys. And I'm, I have all these new expenses and it's like, I can't afford to financially go backwards because I really hate my job. And I really don't know what's happening to me emotionally and spiritually. And I just, I won't sit my butt down and actually talk to God about it and like spend time in his word so he can talk to me. You know, if you are a Christian and you you are listening to this and you made it through 49 minutes or you just decided to fast forward, even if you don't, if you ever do, just pray for me. Because I'm totally praying for me, but like, just... Say a prayer for me if you ever hear this. Uh, Signing off. I was not trying to make this this long. I love you guys. I do have a song for you guys at the end of this video. At the end of this podcast. Check it out. Mm -hmm.